Welcome to the iMatter Podcast, future-proof your business, career, teams, and organization. Here's your host, Gahan Pereira. On the 3rd of February 2009, in an auditorium at the Long Beach Performing Arts Center in California in the USA, a presenter released two jars of mosquitoes on his unsuspecting audience. Now, the presenter was the world's richest man at the time, Bill Gates, and he was speaking at the annual TED conference, which brings together leading thinkers and influencers to share their ideas from stage. Now, Bill Gates, who'd retired from Microsoft, was representing the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which he co-founded with his wife, and he spoke about how to address some of the world's biggest problems, including the things like malaria, poor education and funding. Now, if you compare that TED presentation in 2009 with recordings of presentations from his early days at Microsoft, there was an improvement, which is not surprising given his great experience, his increased status and message, but he was still the same in many ways. He's pretty unassuming on stage, he speaks with an even tenor, and he uses pretty simple visuals. Now, six years later, Bill Gates made his fifth TED presentation, and this time he was talking about the risks of a future virus outbreak like Ebola. His slides were better, his props were bigger, and he's more self-assured on stage, but his presentation style remains pretty much the same. Now, when you think of great modern presenters in the Western world, Bill Gates' name rarely comes up. He isn't an orator like Barack Obama. He isn't a showman like Steve Jobs was. In some ways, he's still the same geeky guy who started a computer company. But he now knows how to deliver important messages that could change the world. And despite his unassuming presentation style, or because of it maybe, he's a popular TED presenter. Only a few other speakers have been invited to speak on the main TED stage five times. And his talks have received over 10 million views. Now that's pretty small by TED standards, but it's still impressive. Now you could argue that Bill Gates keeps getting invited back because of his wealth, but that's not the point. He is immensely wealthy, but he's using his wealth to address important world problems, and that's why he's invited to speak. People listen because he's an authority who delivers important messages with clarity, dignity, and even a bit of humor. And for that reason, he's an excellent role model for leaders who are making a typical presentation in an organization. You might admire Barack Obama's oratory or Steve Jobs' showmanship, but their style is probably not right for most of your business presentations. Now, Bill Gates might not be the right role model for you. If you want to find some others, start by watching Bill Gates' presentations at TED.com and then have a look at some of the other presenters. Not all of them will be right for you either, but you might find a style that resonates more with you. For example, Clay Shirky has a more dynamic style. Sheryl Sandberg from Facebook also uses stories and data, but with fewer slides. And Hans Rosling is a master at presenting data in an entertaining way. So here's the point. Successful leaders know how to deliver messages that cut through the clutter and make a point. Now, this is not just messages that you deliver to your team. It's for every situation where you have the opportunity to influence other people, whether you're speaking at a team meeting, engaging a customer on social media, making an internal presentation to peers, or writing a report. You need to get their attention fast, make your point clearly, persuade them to take action, and inspire them to remember your message long after you're gone. Even if you have authority and respect because of your role, when you're making a presentation, you can't assume that you have your audience's attention and interest. It's not that they don't care, they're just busy, easily distracted and thinking about other things. So you must create and deliver messages that capture their attention immediately, keep them engaged during your presentation and inspire them to take action when you finish. That's why I'm really excited to bring to you today a conversation that I had with Rowan Dredge. Now, Rowan's a leadership expert, and he talks about leaders speak. 
which is his system for getting leaders to be more effective in their presentations and being more influential. So I'm going to jump straight into this conversation with Rowan because there's so many great ideas and I hope you take some notes as we go or take the time to listen to this episode again because I think you'll learn a lot from it. Hello, this is Gihan Pereira, and today I'm speaking with Rowan Dredge. Uh, Rowan describes himself as a people architect. He's got a wide range of experience and expertise. He's a, he's a senior minister at a significant church in Melbourne. He runs a corporate practice helping leaders, equipping people in leadership, as well as communication and personal growth. And the way that I came across Rowan first was he mentors thought leaders in this idea called Leader Speak. And I'm really interested in that because I think that the ability for leaders to create magnetic messages and compelling messages that cut through the clutter um, is one of the key leadership traits. So I'm really keen to speak to, to Rowan today. So welcome, Rowan. Thanks, Gihan. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate you you having me. Oh, my pleasure to be having this conversation uh, because it's about something that we both we both feel passionate about, and you've got expertise in that, and and really in depth expertise. So, so tell me a little bit about how you got to this point, Ron. I can still remember doing the uh, the the public high school that I went to, Gihan, the Year Ten public speaking competition. And uh, I remember what it felt like to get up and talk about how much this is going to date me a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but how much I enjoyed windsurfing, <laughs> and uh, yes, how very 80s. But uh, how much I enjoyed windsurfing and catamaraning. But there was something about getting up and speaking in front of a group of people that I absolutely loved. And pretty much from there on, I did it. I began uh, volunteering my time in various areas, leading teams, communicating. Uh, telling stories, inspiring people, uh, crafting vision. Uh, then I became a high school teacher. Then I became a pastor. Then I developed a corporate practice. And pretty much I've been speaking for 35 years without stopping. <laughs> That's fantastic. So how did you get into this area of working with the leaders in this, in, especially in helping them to be able to craft and deliver great messages? Well, you'll, uh, you'll know our mutual uh, friend, our mutual good friend, Matt Church, and he has a beautiful perspective around this that talks about how leaders need to be motivational speakers. And uh, I think his spin on that is just so inspiring. When it comes to being a leader, John Maxwell says leadership is influence. Uh, one of the ways we influence is our ability to communicate clearly, to communicate a compelling story, to communicate a clear vision, to communicate what the future looks like, to communicate challenging things in tough times. And so I think uh, it's not just a skill that a leader needs to have. I would call it an imperative for the leaders of today and the leaders of tomorrow. But I'd go even further and say there needs to be a particular kind of speaking that a leader needs to get good at. And I know I call that our leader speak, which I'm sure we'll unpack more of. Well, well let's do that now because uh, unlike you, when I was at school, I never did any public speaking role and I didn't do public speaking, debating. I never did any of that. And then as a, as a young adult, I discovered the wonders of Toastmasters and Rostrum, which really gave me confidence standing in front of a group. And leader speak obviously goes a lot further than that. It's not to say that those aren't good foundations, but tell me what makes that different. Tell me what makes leader speak different from any of the myriad public speaking presentation skills courses that are available to people now. 
Well, I guess in a way, it's uh, it's all communication, it's all speaking, and there are various ways to get to do that really well. Um, and how that happens, uh, I think there are pathways for different pathways for different people. I've I've seen and heard you speak uh, in a in a professional setting, and you are outstanding. Thank and, you. Uh, and and uh, and with that beautiful dry sense of humor, uh, <laughs> I really I really enjoyed. Uh, the way that you communicate. So it, it is, you would be an excellent example um, at a, a different end of the temperament spectrum of someone who can learn how to be a communicator. And the thing I think that makes Leader Speak unique is that it talks about two really key areas. One is it, it talks about energy, uh, which is an internal process. And uh, the second uh, is that it talks about interest, which is an external process. Um, and this idea of energy is where am I actually placing my my emphasis? Am I looking to be uh, giving myself and my best and my finest to you in this exchange? Or do I need you to be telling me that I'm doing really well uh, and somehow um, – in, I've seen speakers do this when they don't get the response they want from the crowd. They actually they hold the crowd accountable rather than holding themselves accountable. The other area, the area of interest, uh, which I've called uh, an external experience, is who uh, who is this about? Is this about the Rowan Show, or is this about the people you are speaking to really getting at least one great? piece of IP or one great piece of the message that you're there to share so that it helps them. It's this, it takes on the the concept of a servant in some ways. And I pick it up, I leverage that idea of interest from the, a Jim Collins story mm-hmm. where he, he's a interesting, he's a, a data orientated uh, university lecturer. And now he's one of the most famous business writers in the world. And he uh, started in uh, with his lectures, getting some feedback from his peers. And he said, I don't know why my students aren't enjoying this. And uh, he was trying to work it out. And he sat down with one of his friends. And one of his colleagues said, Jim, it's easy. He said, it's simple. You, you just have to stop trying to be uh, more interesting. And you need to be more interested. And what the colleague was challenging Jim Collins about was actually saying you need to switch the experience or switch the exchange so the person that you're talking to or the students that you're lecturing to feel like you're interested in how this message applies to their world or how this content can be unpacked and made sense of in their environment or their context or their situation or the problems that it solves. So this idea of energy, it's either focused on me or focused on others, or interest is either focused on me or focused on others. And I think Leader Speak moves between those two axes, if you will. So that, that whole interesting, interested idea, I think that's interesting because to be interesting means that you're focused on yourself and what you know and then you're trying to attract people. But being interested means that you're thinking about the other person first. Is that the distinction? Exactly. That's right. exactly the distinction. Okay. So okay. So how do this thing fit together? So you've got energy. The energy is on me or the energy on the others. And yes. you've got interest, which is also the same. It's either on me or the others. Exactly. And so one of the dangers of any kind of speaker, let's not even call it leader speak, Gihan, is that we, we could stand up and essentially use the environment as 
a group therapy session or we could use the environment as a, uh, a an opportunity for everyone to um, uh, you know come see how good I look or any of those sorts of things leader speak recognizes that we can make a decision about where we focus our energy and it's it's a little bit difficult to to really e- explain that in the sense that it's this internal switch that says what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my uh, my uh, my focus, give my energy, give my uh, attention, give my message to the audience, and I'm not going to expect something in return from them. I'm going to bring what it is that I want in that environment, rather than saying they need to keep giving me feedback about how well I'm going, and uh, that's the energy um, in or the, the focus on me. Now, I've I've created a little model around this. And so if, if I've got energy focused on me and, in, and I'm only interested in myself, then if you're a leader who speaks, then I, I've actually described you quite uh, challengingly that you, you're actually described as a narcissist. Um, when you're focusing exclusively on yourself um, internally and you have no real interest in how the, the crowd experiences you, then I, I, I actually wrote a little bit about this and what I said, I said it's the, smooth, it's the schmoozy, showy, bait-and-switch show that died out two decades ago. Mm. It's the bad hair, plaid jacket, used car salesman, my pen or yours, press hard three times kind of assault that kills your public credibility faster than you can imagine. <laughs> You're right. It's that sleazy salesperson, that kind of persona, isn't it? Yes, and it's just. And when I, when I when I teach this live, Gihan, I, I say, you you remember? Do you remember the time where somebody got up on the on the platform and they did their talk, and it was all about them and nothing not about you, and they had no interest in in benefiting you in any way. And you come away and you just feel like something just happened that you didn't enjoy, that you didn't like, and and everyone just nods. They go, yes, we've had that experience. And is that because you see it as being inauthentic or does authenticity run through everything? I, I actually think you're experienced as deeply inauthentic as well. Um, and people can just intuitively pick up where your focus is as a leader, uh, where your focus is as a communicator. What you're trying, are you trying to get something from them or are you trying to give something to them? Mm. And there's this when it's all about you or all about me, if I was to to say it that way, people just particularly Australians. And I'm sure there's a wider context for this conversation, but Australians are so quick to say we have no interest in that at all. Whereas if you've got this internal switch right and you can actually focus on others quite well, but you're only interested in yourself. In the leader speak model, I call I say that you're the danger is that you get experienced as a show off. And um, the challenge behind that is that people uh, experience you as good at what you do, but they 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 experience you in a way that sees you really just touting your wares um, and actually orientated towards what it is that you want it's it's not quite as uh challenging as uh being a narcissist because um it's 
it's not all about you. You actually make it enough about other people so that um, so that the experience that they have is good enough. Um, and then there's this sense that people come away going, well, that was a really, really nice show, but I don't really know what to do um, now about that because they had enough hey, I've got energy focused on you, but really what they were trying to do is entertain you. Um, and uh, that's, that's a real challenge. Whereas the flip of that, where you've got the interest in other people but, um, and you've got that sorted, you want the best for them. You, you come with a sense of service. Uh, you want to be able to give them something that, um, to, that will really, really help them. And so that the interest levels are really high. I want this to be great for you, um, Gihan. I want this to be great for you, uh, crowd or uh, people that I'm speaking to. Um, but the energy is on you. I've said that with that, you get experienced as insecure. And so mm. what, I'm, what I mean by that, Gihan, is that you need the crowd to back you up. You need the crowd to give you feedback as how well you're going. You need your staff or your, the, 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 the staff meeting or the monthly meeting or the training or the quarterly alignment meeting, whatever it is that you need them to give you feedback about how well you're going, but you genuinely want to help them. Um, you genuinely want to uh, make things better for them, but you just don't quite have that energy shift done properly. And uh, so you, you kind of go from narcissist to show off to insecure when you get the balance of this, um, the balance of this energy interest level out of, out of whack. Yeah, and I'm just looking at those three that you just talked about, Rowan. I'm trying to think of speakers that I've seen or heard in those areas. So I probably haven't come across many narcissists because it's probably at the extreme of both of them. But there's plenty of people who come across as show-offs or insecure. And I've never thought about it until now that this is exactly what it is, that they're either very interested, but they they haven't really got their internal stuff worked out, their energy, right? So they're insecure or they're not really interested, but they're high energy and good at good entertainment, but that dissipates as soon as they leave the room. And, and I think communication and speaking and leadership has changed. We, we see more, we, um, we can find out more, we expect more. And I think if you, the eighties where you know, I talked about the plaid jacket, um, used car salesman, uh, all sorts of kind of experiences that you have. That that kind of yell for fifty minutes, motivational speaker uh, is well and truly gone. And um, and and the danger with the the insecure or is that we find it hard to really believe your message if if you're at the if you try so hard to make it really good for everybody else you come across lacking the conviction that that stirs me to believe your message so if you can if you come across as well it's all about me or if you come across as well you're not even convinced leaders face that challenge all the time and yet at the same time we've got this layer where we've got to be authentic there's there's an expectation of authenticity in leadership there's an expectation of truth and honesty and recognition that uh, we we aren't all as perfect and as and polished as we used to be in the um, in the speaking circuit in the eighties. 
And it's really interesting as you're talking about those motivational speakers of the 80s, and nothing against them because they were right for their time. Absolutely. But, but I think we Australians have never really taken to them. And as you said, we're kind of a little bit more mm. skeptical and a little bit more guarded about them. Mm. So it's definitely true for us as Australians, but I think also it's true of Gen Ys now, it's true of young leaders, it's true mm. of so many people in the world who are now taking on leadership positions that if you as a leader come across trying to be either or end up being either insecure or a show-off or a sleazy salesperson, mm. then it comes across as just it's, a, it's an immediate barrier, isn't it, to any sort of communication. It is, particularly in, in Australia, but also uh, people are people and uh, they can intuitively pick up um, whether or not we've, we've got genuine uh, interests in them. They can they can pick up whether or not we're interested or whether or not we're trying to be interesting. There's that joke that says men don't listen, they wait. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for you to stop speaking so I can tell you a story about myself that makes me even better or just a little bit better than you. And, yes. And cr- crowds can pick that up and staff can pick that up. And and I think the the, the leader who speaks has to navigate themselves through this fine and ever-changing membrane that says, what does authenticity and honesty and truth look like in the context of inspiring and casting vision and being, uh, being, the, being the, the, the captain of the ship, so to speak? All right. Well, I think, Ryan, you've kept me in suspenders long enough. So you, you, told, you told me the things not to do. Tell me how to, how to transcend this. Well, the, uh, when you get this balance right, and I believe it's, it's a science and an art. So I believe it's actually something you can, you can learn, that you can remove some, uh, some habits from your, your, your style, good mentoring, good coaching, practice, uh, that when you become aware of perhaps what your default might be, you can work out what you need to do to move towards one or the other. When you navigate your, yourself through the, the energy focused on others and when you um, make the decision that you're going to be there in service so that your interest is in others, so that internal switch says, I'll be the state that I want to see in the room, and I'm here to serve you with my IP, my message, my, my understanding of the way things work, then um, what I say is the leader is experienced as an influencer. Right. Okay. And, and uh, there are a number of words that you can use, influence, in, inspiration. Um, the idea is, is that you stand up and that you actually hold the space of the credible, authentic voice for the subject matter or for the people or for the organization and you can hold that space consistently and uh, you do that by saying I'm going to pour myself out for you and I'm going to come in service of you and holding those two things together Um, and so that's really important that you get experienced that way. Okay, and it's one of the things I really like about this idea, Ron, is that when we're talking about energy, if you say you're a high-energy speaker, it doesn't mean that you jump up and down and run around the stage. It means that you have a high focus on others in terms of your energy when presenting. Is that right? That's exactly right. And, the, yeah, the danger with energy is we can call it temperament, and it's not. 
Um, I'm an I'm an extrovert, and so I speak like an extrovert. But really, that's that isn't loud. That's where I, I get energy by being around. Um, I get energized by being with people. I'm actually tired after I speak. <laughs> energy is the it's the internal switch that gets flicked that says. I will be the state that the room needs so that when we drop down to the other side of the axis, when I come in service, I'll finish the experience that we have together. Essentially, I'll finish um, spent so that you get what you need rather than, yeah. me, rather than going, you have to pump up my tires as the crowd and I'm, and I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to get you to, to to think that I'm amazing. It's it's the opposite of that, and that's really when I say it's a science and an art. We we start out consciously incompetent with that sort of thing. Um, we start out learning our focus and our energy and our drive and our commitment has to be on other people. And sometimes you've got to physically hold yourself back from that uh, from that experience. Yes, exactly. And I'm thinking about, uh, in particular, my, my, my 12 year old nephew, Riley, uh, Rowan, he's a great guy. He's a great little kid. And last year, he, he had his last year of primary school and he was voted by his classmates to be the head boy of the school. Mm. And he is one of those quiet, introverted people who can stand in his own space. So he, he has that, he definitely has that, that inner strength. Yes. But, but when he presents, he cares very much about others. So he's a much more facilitative leader. Um, he's a much more collaborative leader than the person who stands up as the extrovert and speaks loudly and always has the, the prime position. But, mm-hmm. you know, his classmates recognize that and they chose him to be their leader. And that seems to be, mm-hmm. um, apart from the fact that I like telling that story because, you know, kids take after their uncle. Um, Absolutely. That's a, well, that, I mean, everybody knows that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it also seems to be this is leadership of the future, isn't it? Exactly. And it, it's that sense of um, – and it's the sense of the recognition of the internal because I think that if we skated across the top of leadership and leader speak, then we would just make it exclusively about temperaments, Gihan, and you yes. and I both know that's not true and we both know that's not enough. And it's not enough. That temperamental type of leadership is not enough. And it's uh, the temperamental style of leader speak is not enough. Um, I've got to learn, even as a naturally orientated extrovert, to discipline myself so my stories and my narrative and my illustration and my energy flow and the orientation of the talk that I'm giving actually connects with the different types and styles of listeners as well, especially in organisations and in um, and in speaking engagements, it's very important. So, how broad is this role? Like in my mind, as we've been talking, in my mind, I have a speaker on stage, but I'm guessing that what this this applies to any sort of communication for leaders is that right? I, I actually believe that in this 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 whole process of leader speak, I've been moving it up and down through the grid of private to public. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've been pressure testing it. And, uh, and sometimes when you experience someone as a narcissist in a small group, it's almost worse. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, what just happened? Um, uh, the show-off is just a little bit, oh, you feel relieved when they've, when they've left. Uh, the insecure 
leader, you sort of want to walk over and say, you okay? Um, whereas the, the, the leader who speaks as an influencer seems to be able to navigate that balance between uh, that incredible balance between getting the point across, inviting people to participate in the, in, the, in the message and then leaving enough time for it to be digested. So as I've pressure tested this through small groups, uh, staff meetings, um, environments where there are hierarchies, uh, um, uh, where the politician would stand up at the opening of the factory and, and have something to say, um, right through to the, to the speaker on stage, I actually think it navigates itself quite well and quite broadly across those networks. And so, um, yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. And again, it's why the leader who speaks needs to discipline themselves, even if they're with their core team. Is their energy out or is their energy being absorbed by whatever it is that is top of mind for them, working, not working? Um, Is their interest for that group as opposed to from that group, and uh, I think it, I think it works. Yeah, Rowan, I always love a great model, and whenever I see a great model or hear somebody talk about a great model, I always think about where else it could it could apply. And you can you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong or off base here, but it seems to me that this is not just a model for leaders who want to be better communicators, but it it also seems to be a model as a path to leadership. I can imagine a lot of people who aren't designated leaders; they don't have that on their business card or their job title, but mm. they would probably see themselves as oh, I I get that I'm a little bit insecure. I'm a little bit of a show-off, so if I'm a bit of a show-off, what I need to do is I've got the external energy right, What what I need, sorry, the internal energy right, I need to now start looking at being more interested. And it just seems to be, to be a, great, a great model to create a process to become a leader. Exactly. Well, interestingly enough, uh, some time ago, I was asked to lead up a, uh, a volunteer team of about 15 leaders and uh, we were uh, we were doing some really great work together, and the, the the person in charge asked me to to lead, and I was really happy to do so, and excited to be part of it. And we uh, we did some check ins along the way, and at the end of the year, Tim and I went for a walk, and we did a debrief, and and he said to me, you know what, Rowan, you are um, you're an inspiring leader. People just really love being around you, and. They love following you. He said, but the, the one thing I really want you to work hard at next year is I want you to work hard at letting other people's ideas come to the top. Might I add, I'm, I'm still working on that in my, lead, I'm in my leadership style. Uh, but what, <laughs> what, what he pointed out is that my default leadership position was to be the center of attention. Mm. Uh, it was interest in me. Uh, or my energy uh, was correctly positioned, I believe. And you're right. When I go, okay, my default is show off. Well, okay, on that basis, I'm going to call it a different word because I don't like calling mm. it that word. But, uh, but the way I change that is by developing my, my leader speak as an act of service, developing my, my leader speak as a commitment to other people uh, benefiting and winning, uh, developing my leader speak as a discipline that maybe Gihan listens just as much, especially in the smaller environments. Whereas if I was being experienced as insecure, I would move that energy up. So I'd move the, the energy out. So instead of having the internal um, setting focused on 
how am I going? What am I doing? I, I need you to give me the feedback that says that I'm okay. I actually own my message and I own the space and I own the conviction of what I'm of what I'm sharing. I, I move in a world that says if the message hasn't impacted you, how's it going to impact anybody else? And so you're right. The model gives me ways and, and steps, not just of learning how to be a better communicator, but learning how to be a better leader. Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to ask you soon, Rowan, about how people can get in touch with you and engage with you more because I know we've only just scratched the surface here, but there'll be a whole bunch of people who want to go away straight away and do something with this because it is such a powerful model. What do you recommend to people as the first step in using this model? Yeah, the first step is to, to jump on uh, my website, rowandredge.com. Uh, the blog is is there. I'm currently blogging about uh, two or three different things. Leader Speak is one of them. And uh, you can have a look at that. Uh, I'm, I'm free uh, to be contacted uh, through my website. And uh, I, I obviously help people and mentor people in this area. I tend to tend to um, mentor people in the executive space around these issues. Uh, but we create environments and places where people can learn these, these things as well. I think the other thing I would say is that use every time you speak from now on to put a, put a GoPro camera in the ceiling and um, switch it on. Now, this is a metaphor, so don't literally do it. And look down at yourself and say, where, where am I placed? Do I need to move across to more energy uh, focused on others? Do I need to more interest focused on others? Just what's my default and where do I need to make the move? And I'd, I'd encourage people just to do that as a first step as well. And do, you, do you mean in the moment or after you sit down and you review it? I, at, at the very start, I would be doing. Um, I would be saying, sit down with somebody who observed you and mm-hmm. uh, and do do some feedback. Uh, the beautiful piece is uh, being able to work that in the moment as well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that does take a little bit of work. But certainly, my blog Rowandredge dot com. They can contact me there, and uh, I'd just love to to be able to help leaders speak even more effectively, help leaders speak with even greater levels of conviction and influence and clarity uh, and inspiration because I believe it's an imperative uh, for the future. It's an imperative for today, and it's an imperative for tomorrow. Yeah, look, and I'd also endorse your comments about going to the website and the blog because the blog is fantastic. It's such such clearly written and articulately expressed ideas there, Rowan, which mm. is not surprising for a leader who is an influencer, but still, it's, uh, it is definitely that. So definitely encourage that and endorse that. So that's at rowandredge.com, D-R-E-D-G-E. Um, if I could steal just one more idea from you, Rowan, in Let's the last go. couple of minutes that we've got. Uh, look, if you're a leader and you've listened to this and you've got this model and you – Certainly take it on board for yourself, but you'd also like to help team members, either everyone in your team or selected team members, put this into practice. What would you recommend for leaders who want to to build up their team members as well? I think uh, when it comes to speaking and communication, there's there's no substitute for doing it. Uh, there's no substitute for actually communicating. And so if, if you're a leader and you want to learn to speak more effectively, with more influence, with more confidence, with more uh, clarity, and you need your team to do it, I'd set out a plan to uh, share the stage, so to speak, to, to share the platform. 
and become each other's primary cheerleaders. Uh, the, the blog post that this information comes from is called the special source for leaders who speak. I'd print, I'd print that out, put it on your tablet and give everyone in your leadership team the opportunity to communicate, to give everyone, uh, in your leadership team the opportunity to stand up and speak. And then, um, the only feedback you give people is encouraging feedback and, uh, continue to give people the opportunity and the chance and the focus and the place and the space to keep speaking because the more you do it, the more match fit you get, the more match fit you get, the more evidence you get that you can continue to change and grow as a leader who speaks. And so you become almost like a speaking team and you encourage each other and cheer each other on. That would be my my best advice on that. Yeah, thanks so much, Rowan. I really appreciate you sharing this time and um, sharing two things. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise, which is clearly there, and Mm -hmm. I I know we've only touched the surface of that, but also sharing your passion for it, and your passion Mm -hmm. for it really comes through, Um, and I love that, and I've I've certainly learned Mm -hmm. things myself, and I hope that other people do as well. Thank you, Gihan. It's a a great privilege, I just think, being able to engage with uh, the different environments and the different people and the different contexts is such a privilege as a leader and and taking very seriously the commitment to being a leader who speaks and speaks very well is uh, something that I'm really, really committed to. Brilliant. Rowan Dredge, thanks very much. Thanks, Gihan. An absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and found something valuable for your personal and your professional life. And if you did get some value from it, I'd love it if you could do me a favor and give me a review and a rating in the iTunes store. And that helps to promote it to other people as well. And if you want me to share ideas like this live at your next conference, check out my speaking topics at gihanperera.com. You can also find out about my mentoring programs if you're interested in one-on-one work for yourself or your teams. And if you do want to engage with me in other ways, again, go to gihanperera.com where you can find my blog, my newsletter, my podcast, videos and webinar series. They're all free and they're all designed to help you leverage the potential of the individuals in your organization, your team and, of course, your own potential as well. This is Gihan Pereira. Bye for now. You've been listening to the iMatter Podcast. To subscribe, read the show notes, or leave your comments, visit iMatterPodcast.com. And remember, great minds don't think alike.